and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C here with my co-host as always, Adam B. Uh, how's how's it going, BC? Uh, are you still sleepy? We kind of slept through through Ooh. January. <laughs> Slept through pretty much all of it. Yeah, uh, I'm good. Uh, I just had to use every amount of breath I had for that uh, cargo bay intro. A little out of practice. Yeah, on that. yeah. And you've been you've been smoking uh, packs and packs of Virginia Slims because we found some old stock here in the bay. Heavily, yeah. But still delicious. I love love a good Virginia cut tobacco. It tastes like the East Coast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what a sweet cash crop yeah it's a lovely to have a taste of home here here in the cargo bay um and and bc going forward are we going to be back on a weekly schedule or we, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I i think we are we we took our post-holiday uh sabbatical uh-huh. we're back we're back we're up and running we've got a schedule ahead we've got guests my my goodness we've got a guest today holy smokes we're getting it together baby we got a guest today we got a guest next week we got a guest the next week after that it's crazy in here vc and also maybe Uh, some new projects maybe we're working on a little audio drama uh very excited about the audio drama uh you and i had i think probably one of the great story sessions of all time in the history of storytelling uh, break in story for what we're going to be doing with our audio drama. So very much excited about that. Yeah, Looking forward to tuned. revealing more of it as we go forward with it. Um, and one last thing, BC, as far as hobby talk, our Star Wars trading card talk, um, we're still going to be doing that here and there. But right now we are priced out, baby. <laughs> we cannot uh, afford. A, a quick hobby talk hit up at the top. There is going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, series being released. Yes. Uh, all Sorry. of the artists were just told that their work yep. is not going to be included yep. in it, which is fantastic. Way to go, Tops. Yep. But there was revealed a another 2023 Chrome Tops card coming out that their artwork will be in. So I can't wait for them to tell us how much we're supposed to pay for that, too. Yeah, well, that's that's one type of Star Wars horror, the the horrors of consumerism. Oh, what man, you're the king of segues. What are we talking about today? <laughs> but today, VC, we're talking about a whole different uh, type of Star Wars horror. That's, you know, the horror of story Ooh. <laughs> and narrative. And we, we've got a really spooky guest here in the cargo bay bc it's our buddy mike from the normies like us podcast how you doing mike hey guys it's great to be here first of all uh you know now that the holidays are over and we have to face the horrors of everyday life i figured it was appropriate to also face the horrors of a fictional uh you know universe that we enjoy uh most of the time yeah, well, but, thank uh, you, because we made you do the work of picking our topic. That's how we do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we make, we make the guests do the heavy lifting is really how <laughs> we function. So thank you. It's like a restaurant. What, what, do you, what do you wish to be served, right? And I wanted to be served a conversation on spooky stuff, I guess. But I appreciate you accepting uh, my, my choice of topic, because it's, it's an interesting one, um, I think, because there's not a lot out there. So it's, you know. Yeah, it's a bit of a niche in the vast galaxy, but uh, if if people want to be served a dose of horror, there's plenty of it over at Normies Like Us. Uh, y'all have done a lot of a horror a podcasting over there. That's true. Every uh, October, we do what we call Spooktober. We definitely invented that term. Nobody else has ever <laughs> used that. Um, so original. It's, it's nice. Especially nobody from Wisconsin, you know, with large YouTube uh 
oh, presences wow. <laughs> <laughs> who have also talked about Star Wars before. But no, so we do Spooktober every every October where we cover either franchises or individual movies or you know we'll have each host pick something but we talk a lot of horror we've done all of hellraiser all of texas chainsaw massacre all of you know we've done jason freddy pretty much all the big hitters a lot of niche stuff too barbarian was a great one from last year but we like horror over on normies like us as we also do star wars and uh and or kind of started before <laughs> then we did a uh, spooktober and then and or finished and it made me think huh here's a whole genre film or a genre series political thriller why is there no horror in star wars really and that's what yeah. kind of set me off is we have a universe for genre we can do westerns but what would a horror thing look like and that's kind of where it all started yeah uh, i'm uh yeah i'm excited to talk about that uh but before we do i did want to see mike uh, because you know you're a star wars fan uh you you have your junk squadron patch on cam right now we flew in the uh you know the legendary <laughs> squadron junk squadron uh what what kind of what are you doing with star wars right now are you totally burnt on it are you still in the afterglow of andor are you keeping up with bad batch do you care about mando season three these these are the things i want to know it's a good question that's a good question and yeah you know normies like us is one accolade but really junk squadron is the bigger one <laughs> defeating the cavern angels in the, in the legendary scrimmage of of 2020 or whatever that, that will <laughs> but, be um, mentioned at my funeral i hope <laughs> oh yeah it's on my headstone i've already got it lasered <laughs> engraved um so star wars now i i really am basking kind of in the afterglow of andor because you know that was a nice change of pace it was it was wonderful you know obi-wan was my is my favorite character but i was a little little bummed out by some of that um I did watch the, um, oh, what's the new animated suit? Not the Bad Batch. My friends like the Bad Batch, but the ones, short stories, and they had the... Tales um, of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, and I really enjoyed the Dooku arc of that. Yeah. That's right. So so Dooku that was something cool. that was very it's, cool, correct? It's a big justice for Dooku pod here. We're, uh, I think I think he might have had some good ideas, essentially, is, is what, what we feel. See, here in the cargo bay, we might have some <laughs> issues with how the Jedi handle things uh, at the end of their, their reign. <laughs> yeah, the more we sit on the, the prequels, the more we realize that that organization was not right, There's, I think. <laughs> I would like to show... <laughs> they're, they're horrific. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to shoehorn in here uh, an endorsement for Star Wars Shatterpoint, uh, the Mace Windu novel novel that came out right after Episode Two. My new favorite Star Wars uh, novel, period. Um, and also, if that was a trajectory that the Jedi went forward on, would have less to blame them for. <laughs> that that book is really about Mace Windu being critical of the Jedi um and grappling with what re like the realities of war um on like a small scale guerrilla front. Um and it's really good. And the Jedi would have been much cooler if that were if their philosophies continued from that point forward. But anyway, just a recommendation to any listeners out there. Give a listen to that audiobook. It's pretty good. Solid Solid wreck. Uh, I I picked up the uh, Marvel Unlimited app for my newly purchased iPad. I've been hammering some Star Wars comics on Ooh. that. Quality's kind of up and down. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm reading through like the main Star Wars line right now. It's pretty meh, um, but there are some some good issues. Um, but it's it's kind of like you take what you get, but. I'm going to be yeah. spinning off into the Vader series that they've got. I think we're going to talk about uh, talk about some Vader comics at some point. Um, 
but that that has been very fun. I do want to just touch on Bad Batch real quick. I guess kind of like don't care. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm I'm always an episode <laughs> behind. I will say I liked episode three uh, quite a bit, which was a a a crosshair. Uh, that one episode. was. I think that's the the best one so far. I it, uh, Paulette and I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's kind of heavy, but I haven't seen the newest episode yet. I'm I'm kind of on an I don't care that much. Yeah, uh, dealing with <laughs> it too, but I'll, I'll watch it. I'll catch it eventually, and I'm sure when Mando does come around, I'll be excited for that too. I'm yeah, kinda, that I'm not trailer, like, you know, dying for it. But yeah, we had the the trailer. The new trailer came out yeah. recently. Any any uh, standout moments from the trailer that got you hyped for some some Mando season three? There were moments that stand uh, out, stood out that didn't make me hyped. <laughs> like, are the, what are those? Uh, just yeah, mostly sure. the. the you know, like Grogu coming out of a cave awkwardly and force pushing something over, like weaponized Grogu. I'm just, I'm over Grogu. I think they really missed an opportunity to uh, cleanly exit that arc. Um, oh, I would, I would 100% agree with that. And over the holidays, I, I'm advocating for Gremlins being the best Christmas movie. We're, we're done with Die Hard. That meta is oh, wow. over. We're gremlins, and that's the original Grogu. Grogu who? No, Gizmo. So, like, I'm over it, too. Uh, but I'm excited for more Mando. We just covered The Last of Us first two episodes of Normie's yeah. Lake House. We love some Pedro Pascal. Yep. So I'm, I'm excited for that, at least. Mando's probably what's on the horizon that I'm most looking forward to, uh, although Sasha Banks will not be joining us. Oh, uh, what? I have not Apparently, heard about this. All right. A minor character in two episodes will yeah, not return. Yeah, a few oh, no. I'm just a wrestling fan, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there are a lot of uh, sad card collectors out there. Or happy because they already got their Sasha Banks Star Wars autos. And oh. Going up in value now, yeah. Yeah, skyrocketing. Um, yeah, shout out to your uh, Last of Us. I, I listened to that the other day. Uh, I have been I have thoroughly enjoying some Pedro Pascal uh action on hbo i like having a, i like having an hbo sunday night thing and last of us is like the last two weeks has been like the perfect like sunday night put on last of us you know have some popcorn great watch highly enjoy it's almost more exciting than house of the dragon which was great but there's something about it they're, they're yeah. catching lightning in a bottle maybe so yeah good on the, them they, uh, and it's a little spooky well there it is they're um it's been surprising to watch something that has you know, I guess because Druckmann is at the head and the games are his babies. But yeah, it's nice to see something adapt a video game and be like, hey, you know what worked really well? Exactly what was already in the game. Let's just like <laughs> take some of those moments one to one. I, I I'm enjoying the show so far. I was really disappointed in the end of episode two really uh, weirded me out. Uh, there was some sexualized violence that was not there in the original plot that I thought was really poorly handled and unnecessary. But you know, I'll you talking about one of the most disturbing images ever captured on film with the 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 most beautiful kiss of all time. Yeah, the mushroom little, makeout. Uh, sorry, yeah. for spoilers there. there's a little fungal kiss out there, but I, <laughs> I just thought it was really. Um, you know, it, it took away agency from a, a strong character that I love. So I, I don't know. That was really weird choice but other than that i've been enjoying the show a lot yeah yeah I, that was a weird choice indeed but it did have shades of alien yeah. like here's something that wants to enter your mouth forcibly and that's scary yeah I guess, here's something but... 
here's something that wants to violate you. I just think there's a million ways uh, to showcase that zombie horror without, you know, taking one of the strongest female characters in the in the franchise and being like, ah, let's yeah. take your self-sacrifice and instead make it about <laughs> sexualized violence against you. Like, yeah, right, and I, mean, not a fan of that. And and again, there's there's good and bad. Horror is one of those genres where there's like good and bad to it. Like there's proper use of tropes and themes, and then there's exploitative use of tropes and themes, unfortunately. So generally, you know, I, I lean into the good horror, right? I'm a big horror fan. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we would presume that if we're going to do a Star Wars horror, it would be in the good vein and non-exploitative. But I want to ask you guys, like, do you like horror as a genre? Like, what's kind of your history with it? You know, um, start with Adam, but like, where, where you guys land on this? Because I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, I I'm I'm a horror uh, fan in general. I would say I'm. T- I, it's hard for me to go see a horror movie because I don't like torture porn. I don't like gore, and of course, no. we grew up in an era where torture porn kind of became like, you know, like the head of what horror was for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't love watching that. Like, if I can watch how the special effect is done, I get over it. I just kind of feel pain when I see pain. But mostly I like uh, creature horror and sci-fi horror. Uh, there's some we're going to talk some about native uh, horror elements in Star Wars or things that already exist. And most of those are creature horror things. Alien is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, the Thing is in my top five, probably. Yeah. So I like I like some sci-fi and I like some monsters. Uh, but yeah, overall, I like a good scary movie. I I like I can't think of the last one I saw that I really disliked. Um, and and a big a big fan of the ring I would say was a a formative oh, yeah. the ring and psycho growing up those are big mm. nice nice you, BC? uh n- not I don't seek out horror um I was I was telling okay. you before we started recording that uh, I I got spooked as a child really turned me off of of the horror experience like it just wasn't wasn't something that like. I was like, I love being terrified. This is great. I'm like, I'm terrified. I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, right. Didn't, didn't really embrace it. Like it, for me, I like, I think Scream was probably the first like memory of a horror movie where it's like, oh, Drew Barrymore, I remember you from stuff. And then it was like, oh, you're getting murdered in the first part of this movie and all my older cousins are watching it and enjoying it. I'm like, I got to go. I'll be behind the couch while you guys are watching. I got to go do uh, behind the couch things. Um, oh, jeez. So, yeah, I mean, just like it was just never really like my thing. That being said, um, I mean, like I grew into, you know, having sort of a, you know, a refined palette for things that I do like, like alien, the thing, psychological horror, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't do like the gross out violence, uh, torture porn stuff. That's not really for me. I do like some kind of creature horror, but the psychological horror is is sort of. I can I can get into those, but I don't I don't really react well to like we're gonna jump scare you or we're gonna show gratuitous violence as as part of something. Can I ask? Yeah. Uh, right. Does there because there's a line for me where if it's too over the top, I start to love it again. Um, like the recent Evil Dead reboot is something that sticks in my mind as being just mm-hmm. silly enough that like every time there's blood spraying around, I'm like, yeah. I mean, like drag me to hell crosses that like Sam Raimi, you know, yeah, yeah. crosses that line for me where it's like, I, I loved drag me to hell, you know, like it, it was, 
you know, it's right there in the title. It's exactly what I want. Anytime where I feel like I'm going through the horror to beyond to like the 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 laugh of it too, where you can take me to the absurd point of of the violence or the fear or whatever that is. I like that because once we're going into the land of like the absurd. That's also like my sweet spot too. Um, anything that feels like it's so grounded in reality, I'm a little less into. But when you can really play into like, oh, we're gonna go beyond. That's when I start to engage and like, oh, this is fun. It's entertaining. It's creative in a way that is taking a turn that maybe I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah, Mike. What's yeah. some of your favorite? What's your favorite horrors? Your favorite horrors. Uh, who are your favorite like, hordes? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, who are your favorite a house in New Orleans. What are your favorite hordes? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite hordes. Yeah. Um. Um. So, I guess I'm I'm with you both on the fact that like I'm not into the torture porn or like even some kind of the body horror stuff except for the thing. But like yeah. some Cronenberg stuff is tough. Like we, his son just did uh, Infinity Pool. I'm intrigued by that with Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård, but it seems like it's going to be a hard watch. And anything that, yeah, feels legitimately painful or gross, like too much gore, like the Hellraiser series, that whole kind of vibe, you know, chains and hooks and stuff like that's that's not really my thing. I can respect the first movie. But I, my favorite horror movie, is, I like slashers a lot. So like Texas Chainsaw, you know, the Friday the 13th slashers was always our thing. So, you know, and Texas Chainsaw 2 is like a um, like a black comedy. So um, you kind of get both in that franchise. But I would say those are my favorites. Alien is obviously great. And um, psychological stuff like Nope, you know, that's like a psychological horror. I still haven't um, seen that yet. I really liked Nope. I, that's, yeah. that's probably number one on things I should watch, yeah. Yeah, Nope is what it, it's in my top five movies of last year, along with Barbarian, both strong kind of horror movies and a little bit of sci-fi there. So I would highly recommend it. But yeah, the the less gory and the stuff that leans towards the campiness that BC was talking about, once we can kind of laugh at it to a degree, like if it's over the top, you know, spooky, spooky stuff like The Ring. I also like, you know, Japanese horror, things like that. So kind of runs the gamut, but nothing like Eli Roth's work doesn't speak to me. You know, The Green Inferno, miss me with all that. Um but, you know, Texas Chainsaw, that's my favorite horror movie of all time, the original, Toby Hooper. Um, so, also, yeah, that's probably uh, my favorite double feature, actually, because then you get a funny one after with Dennis Hopper. Oh, I, didn't, I, I still haven't seen Texas Chainsaw uh, all the way through, Mike. I, I have to finish it. What I've seen <sighs> is, like, this is a... I wish I could describe uh, films as genres based on, like, color tone. And mm, I love uh, that kind of, you know, 70s, early 80s horror is all kind of yellow. It makes things scarier to me. Like, um, I have Alien on VHS uh, because I think it's scarier on, you know, like lower definition kind of, yeah, interlaced with mm-hmm. some fuzz and, and very yellowed. Um, but that's yes. also one of the reasons I love Star Wars is uh, there's a similar kind of like, uh, there's kind of a gloomy vibe about the used future um, in the original Star Wars uh, movie, um, at least on Tatooine. So I don't know. I think yeah. I think this is cool because I think the two universe, the universe of horror, <laughs> and the universe of Star Wars <laughs> should play the pretty well together. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to give a general spiel uh, about mm-hmm. kind of Star Wars horror in the expanded universe. We have tons of video games, comic books, and movies. But truly, this is a very underexplored, you know, genre. 
um, kind of the biggest thing that uh, that exists out there that is just horror, um, aside from like a few comic book runs, uh, there is a a novel called Death Troopers, um, and is that Joe okay. Joe Schreiber? Joe Schreiber. Um, anyway, Death Troopers is really an earnest attempt at like we're gonna make a a horror novel. Um, and there is a prequel that comes comes out a year later called Red Harvest, you know, based on Blue Harvest mm-hmm. being the the mm-hmm. fake title of Return of the Jedi. And that is the prequel at which the the vir- the zombie virus is developed at a Sith Academy. Um, I have not read that one. I have read the first one. And I wanted to play a clip for everybody from this first book, just so you can see how kind of hard they lean into this horror genre uh feel free to to plug your ears if it gets a little too uh, nasty <laughs> for you friends here we go. behind the couch if you need to yeah um, i will minor spoilers ahead for death troopers unwrap it at least so i can see it i'll show you i need to keep the pressure on the it's coming through me kale don't he sat up and grabbed the bloody tourniquets from his calf ripping them off in layers. Zahara tried to stop him, and he shoved her back without so much as a backward glance, intent on peeling away the canvas strips that she'd torn from her own jacket. The last of them fell away in a sodden red heap. See? Kale's face was flushed with horrified triumph. I told you! Zahara stared at it. There was a fist-sized chunk of flesh missing from the meaty part of his lower leg the exposed shin bone gleaming visibly through a web of torn muscle and viscera. The puckered flesh around the wound had gone a bruised, gangrenous gray. She found herself watching in fascinated horror as that same gray hue began to reach up his leg, past his knee to his thigh, causing it to pulsate visibly with gelatinous vitality. It was like a hand sliding up underneath his skin, reaching eagerly upward toward his torso. Get rid of it! Kale shrieked, his own voice high and reedy, slapping at himself as his voice joined those of the screamers inside the shaft. Cut it out! Get rid of it! All right. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Ooh. All right. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Death Troopers is a book that I enjoy, um, and I'm going to give a big spoiler. Uh, Mike, you're probably not going to read this, right? Am I incorrect? May I spoil something? No. Oh. Yeah, please. Okay, please. Sk- hit that skip button. Uh, about fifteen seconds. Uh, horror movie or uh, horror novel? In the middle of it, Han, Han Solo shows up, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> which uh, which I've got to say is very stupid and makes the whole thing way more enjoyable. <laughs> um, it's the equivalent of Bruce Bruce Campbell showing up. Yeah, yeah, just a little. Oh well, here <laughs> out we of are nowhere, halfway through the. Um, but the general <laughs> plot of Death Troopers is that a prisoner transport um, comes across a derelict Star Destroyer um, with nobody inside, uh, but in, in pristine condition. And then it's just kind of a zombie, you know, novel from there. Yeah. But my point in playing that clip is they do lean into the genre. It is gross. Uh, it is depressing. <laughs> It is like it is uh, aside from spoilers said, mostly a pretty straightforward, brutal uh, zombie novel, and it's all right. Uh, the audio production is pretty good on the audio book too, uh, but that yeah. is that is what we have as the kind of the 
the most in-genre thing. One other thing I wanted to mention, there's a list on StarWars.com of different uh, comic book runs and whatnot. Uh, but something I did not know existed is the Star Wars Galaxy of Fear series, which came out in the 90s to be like a Goosebump series for kids. There are 12 books, uh, which had no idea. Might explore some of those later. They were going to try to ride that R.L. Stein train. Yeah, yeah. R.L. Stein. But if it, didn't, if it didn't reach me, the, the target audience, uh, I can't imagine they sold tons and tons of those. And, mm-hmm. and finally, the last thing I'll say is currently The High Republic is an ongoing series. And while that's not a horror series, it does have strong horror elements um, mixed into some of the later novels. So that's kind of where we are as a state of the expanded universe. It's just kind of smatterings of stuff here and there. Gotcha. Yeah, I, that Death Troopers. I mean, the the combination of the words gelatinous and viscera. Uh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, but it's. Go ahead. There are some long paragraphs like that throughout the book. Uh, I I had to skip through some of them at various points. So. The 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 descriptive prose of uh, yeah. Um, it's 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 interesting because I forgot to mention uh, that zombie stuff was a big one for me. Like uh, George Romero, like the original Dawn of the Dead is probably my second favorite horror movie of all time. And that one's leans into camp too. So like the zombie stuff I'm very familiar with. And unfortunately right now it feels like a played out genre. The last of us mm-hmm. is making it fresh somehow, yeah. um, but it has been played out, but it makes sense that you do that in space, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's this a good came starting out point. Right. When everything, when it was being played out, <laughs> you know, this is when yeah. right. The walking dead and yeah. that. Yeah. When yeah. you couldn't go into a Walmart without, seeing like 70 zombie related items gotcha gotcha yeah that's where we're at i guess and i appreciate the spiel because i hadn't known about the death troopers i did during my research like find out about galaxy of fear but that missed me as well and i feel like i mm-hmm. would have been the target demographic because i was reading goosebumps so yeah uh, seems like they have a couple of interesting asterisk interesting <laughs> stories there there's 12 <laughs> books they're exploring some stuff um yeah like cyborg soldiers and stuff like there's there's maybe something there but i haven't read them so i can't really speak to that but i would be intrigued to maybe work together to say what could you do with horror in this universe that's not zombies like there's uh there's another book on that star wars list about han solo and lando dealing with uh droids that can manipulate organic flesh so they're kind of forcing themselves they're like mm-hmm. crazy cyborg robot grossies. Um, but anyway, that was on the list. I hadn't that came out in 2018. I've never heard of it. So, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I, but I did want to ask. Seeing as there are some, uh, you know, there are some horror elements in Star Wars for sure. I wanted to ask what y'all's favorites, uh, favorite moments of horror were in the Star Wars films as they are. Hmm. Well, uh, as. As the guest, I want to steal the lowest hanging fruit. And I think as a youth, <laughs> the uh, the the Wampa cave scene was pretty spooky for me when I was a child. Like, you know, Luke's vulnerable, hanging upside down, no lightsaber. There's this monster. And even in the remastered where we get to see more of it, that's probably the only positive change of the remastered editions. It's more, more Wampa. But <laughs> yeah, that was a scary scene for me. How about y'all? Wampa, definitely a standout. Uh, for me, the scariest thing as a child was was Luke on Dagobah doing having his Darth Vader encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like when when he cuts off the helmet and sees his own face in there, like that freaked me out because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I just I just remember thinking like he's not ready to fight Darth Vader, and obviously he wasn't. Um, but like that, and I mean, it plays into that like psychological horror of what it is that he's facing. And I like as a kid, I had no concept of what was occurring. I was like, oh, he's fighting Darth Vader. Oh, he beat him. Oh, his head's in the helmet. What's happening? And then it's like, oh. And then, like, I feel like my parents had to be like, so that was all, like, in his mind. That didn't happen. I was like, okay, good, because that can't happen to Luke Skywalker right now. That's not where this hero is going. Um, but that that always freaked me out uh, as a youth was that particular encounter. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's awesome to think about. That was definitely scarier to me as a, uh, a child um, yeah. than, than it would be with, like, if I would have seen it five years later, I would have understood what was happening. But similarly, yes. it was just kind of like, what, what is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I may, in hindsight, watching it now as a fully grown adult is more scary because you realize that it's about grappling with what you may become one day. And that's also <laughs> terrifying. Uh, There's you know. layers. There's layers mm-hmm. there. Yeah. 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 I, I the do existential wanna, dread. I want to shout out the uh, the Dianoga sequence um, just because as a concept, um, things that you can't fully see under the water really bothers me. Um, <laughs> and also, I just think that's a, you know, that's a great sequence that could easily be in a horror movie. Um, feels a little bit yeah. like something out of Alien 3 to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that 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 definitely stands up. But um, there's not, I don't know, is there any, there's not a ton of other explicitly spooky stuff. Oh, you know? well, we I mean, got... We we got Dark Ray. Uh, we got my favorite yeah. in the new trilogy, which is Spooky um, which is Dark <laughs> Luke. We have Kylo's memory of Luke about to murder him. Um, we've got yeah, we've got some some faces that Lord of the Rings style turn creepy at various points. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're really young, Rathars might be an issue. We've got the you could argue that the space worm cave sequence uh, in Empire. Uh, is the Rancor, I guess. Palpatine and Rise of Skywalker got them fingies that haven't fully grown. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Uh, and that's a little Texas seven, Chainsaw Grandpa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really scared me when I realized they could make a third Death Star. <laughs> um i've got a couple i got a couple pulls from the animated stuff so i got some clone wars um the i mean again this is cartoons for children so i mean we're not talking super scary but um anything with the night sisters i mean there's there's an actual horde of night sister zombies that are like culled up to fight against grievous as uh daka and mother talzin are like torturing dooku with a voodoo doll yeah <laughs> um that's the thing that happens in clone wars which is uh pretty sweet so the yeah i mean i mean they literally raise an army of zombies in that um probably because of the walking dead i don't know um there's also an an, an episode on uh i want to say it's geonosis let me just double check here where oh, yeah, there's it is yeah it's, <laughs> it's called the brain invaders yeah is it so they're they're like these worm creatures that like infect the brains of of the clones, and I think Barrisoffi they get like infected with these little critters, uh, and Ahsoka has to like figure out how to get them out. Um, but I mean those those are sort of like kind of horror elements that that creep into some of the Clone War stuff. There's a few more episodes that have like I mean they're just, just it's a bigger sandbox. I felt like that Clone Wars can play in just because they've got 
so many episodes. So they do veer into some of that kind of weirder stuff. I don't really count them. The Mortis arc kind of in terms of like the, the psychological stuff or like Anakin dealing with like the embodiment of the light and the dark side. Some of that plays into mm-hmm. kind of psychological horror too, but there's some good stuff in the, in the cartoons. Those, uh, those brain worms, I think they're different, but in the Mace Windu book, they encounter a parasitic worm in the jungle that grows inside of you and then burrows out through your skull. Um, so that was, cool. that was the thing. Um, I also, before I forget, video games, there's horror stuff in tons of video games, uh, Star Wars video games. Uh, Mysteries of the Sith has some, some horror stuff in there. Uh, Fallen Order, mm-hmm. there's a great moment where you're abducted like you're in Bloodborne. Um, and go to a creepy, nice. you know, uh, like arena. Uh, so I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot in video games, but I always kind of rule out video games when we're talking because I would talk about them forever, and uh, I don't feel like a lot of people care. So um, right, right. But, and also, Darth Vader hallway scene, Rogue One guys, Bore Gullet, Rogue One guys. These are yeah, yeah. I mean, how many articles did you see after Rogue One came out that were like, Star Wars now has a horror scene because Darth Darth Vader's coming down the hall. I think I I probably said that. I was really hyped on it when it came out. I was like, I mean, I got amped about, I got amped about the scene, but I. I don't know. Probably, if you're younger, maybe it does skew to more towards horror. But I was just like, "This is sick! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so awesome!" Yeah. Uh, yes. But having having the familiarity with Darth Vader, I mean, Darth Vader as a child. I mean, I always go back to in, where I encountered this first. Like my experience with Darth Vader as a child was like, "Oh, that's scary!" Right? Like the the figure, like the design of him, cuts like a pretty scary image. Yeah. Um, and so seeing him, whenever it happened in in empire when luke is facing him in his cave of evil whatever is like oh that's just like horror like that's a monster standing there so i think he does embody that fairly well but the more you you know i mean now that we've got the prequels and we've built out the history of anakin skywalker like realize how tactically stupid darth vader yeah it takes away from some of the mystique and some of the aura by like going into episodes one two and three and having all of that you know mythology built out but as like a standalone those original trilogies i think he's he is like creature horror um in his in his own way um but mm-hmm. it feels like over time it is it is definitely softened uh well that that is on. a mistake that a lot of horror franchises make is we always have to do texas chainsaw the beginning what if we explain why the threat is the way it is and it those movies always lessen kind of the impact of the villain overall or, or the character i think so you know you turned her against me my master you know it's like, okay. <laughs> as much as i love that scene as much as i love that scene but... yeah i mean that was my biggest struggle with the prequels growing up was like this changes how i see darth vader like yeah it's really hard for me to reconcile these two things um and, you know, over time and over many episodes of the Clone Wars and now the Obi-Wan series, like, I've started to pair them together as one and the same. But, yeah, it was like, it's hard. Darth Vader isn't nearly as scary after, you know, Mm-mm. watching Anakin cry. <laughs> so, no, but I like how petty he can be to, like, yeah. I'm going to drag you through fire, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was That some... is very Anakin. Yeah. Him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of spooky. 
But uh, yeah, I guess like that Darth Vader scene, like you're saying, that's like kind of a, a slasher thing, right? And I was just thinking of generally, if if we're going to speculate here, like, yeah, what are the key genres? You know, not to explore them all, but it's like there's the possession, you know, could there be a, a, a Sith spirit possessing someone? Slasher could be anything, you know, body horror, space worm, right? All that stuff. Haunted house could be fun. You find a Sith temple, creature features, anything, and then little tiny terrors like gremlins or jawas or something but there, there's many genres that you could approach so i say open it up open up the pit the rancor pit what what where can we go that we have not been before any ideas here i feel like to a degree they have explored like the haunted house with some of the, the jedi temple stuff where it's like you've got to go face your own cave of in rebels or you know clone wars mm. i think they do that fairly effectively um I think just thinking about the thing being one of my favorite things is like, oh, that would be interesting if you if you did sort of like a contained thing where there is like, is the dark side of the force like influencing these characters in some way as a way to like play off of that? I'm always like, let's just reference something else and build off of that. Um, I think that would be interesting. The other one that I I my jotted down my my two quick notes and then like Wampa Universal Monster movie. Yes. Oh, I man. think would be something I would want to do as well. I mean, that's like old school horror, and it's not as scary. But I think if you if you did that sort of style, like I don't know if you saw, did you watch the Werewolf by Night, the Marvel yes. special? Yes, I yes, loved yes. that. I I thought that was the to me that was like pitched at the perfect level of like you know entertainment and camp and and playing with some of the horror themes. Um, I think you. I think. Obviously, they can do that. They'll play with that in the Marvel universe. I think it'd be fun to do something like that in Star Wars, since they're just like, we'll build out content on the platform. It's like loosen the reins a little bit, have a little bit of fun, do something like that with like oh, the Wampa as a Universal style monster. Yeah, I could see a Revenant vibe, like man versus nature, random pilot doesn't even need to be a Jedi or, or a fighter. Just random person crashes on Hoth, and then oh geez, there's a Wampa after me. Like, yeah, that's that's a good thing right there. There's an abandoned there. Rebel base. This is now New Republic era. Yo. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. And it's overrun. And yeah, we find droid, there's like you you have other characters because there's like a medical droid that's left or something. You know, like yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. You get a little exposition. It's fifty percent functioning, you know. Yeah, and we yeah. learn to we learn to like it, and then it gets destroyed sadly right near the third act. That kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> you bring in more of the cold than the thing does, even like make it more yeah. like the thing, the video game, where it's constantly you know <sighs> trying not to die uh, from the cold and the wampa. Yeah, yeah. And then there, there's that. The end of it is you kill the wampa and you sleep in the wampa safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Cut it open and you, they, mm. you're safe until the rescue arrives. You turn on the rescue beacon, defeat the wampa, and, and then we cut and you don't know if rescue ever comes. But for that moment, he's he or she, they is the victor. And that's, that's yeah. cool. I like that concept. All right. So we have the wampa uh, kind of movie. Um, I, I want to lean to the droid side now. I have a pitch, but I want to ask you guys if you've heard about Mr. Bones. Do you know who Mr. Bones is in the extended universe? No. <laughs> I don't think I know Mr. Bones. So this is another thing that kind of made me think about Star Wars horror years ago when I learned about it. But Mr. Bones is a B-1 battle droid that was built by Snap Wexley. Everyone remembers oh, Snap Wexley. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Star the Wars guy TV, who yeah. I was like... <laughs> 
Why does this guy have lines? <laughs> because he was in Greg Grunberg. You know, AJ Abrams. Yeah. Oh, Greg Grunberg is one of our great actors. Okay. Uh huh. So he, <laughs> as a youth, rebuilds a B1 battle droid that was found. And he, he builds it crazily. He puts like a cybernetic eye on it. He puts animal bones on it. He, get, he sharpens its nose and gives it like blades. And yeah. Mr. Bones is like his little buddy and protects their family. He even ends up fighting the Empire at one point. But his weird programming, he, he really likes when he gets to kill to protect his masters. Like he takes joy in it. And I'm like, okay, Mr. Like Bones. Okay, hell yeah. <laughs> and then at one point, Poe Dameron uploads the consciousness of Mr. Bones because he gets destroyed, but they save his brain into another battle droid. And he's like surrounded. And then it, this droid wakes up and just slaughters everybody surrounding him and says, oh, I'm Mr. Bones. And Poe Dameron's like, what? What have I done? What is this thing? <laughs> so I, I awesome. don't know. That's, what a great what he's a great painted movie. red. I feel I like there's so many yeah. of these these droid stories are like the cream of the crop of the Star Wars expanded universe. Like IG-88, you know, there being multiple 88s and one of them like infiltrates the Death Star computer and all this stuff. And IG-88 was always creepy as hell and Shadows of the Empire to me. So yeah, I think I think that's a good place to go is a uh, a horror movie about a droid, you know. Um, Terminator. Yeah, yeah Terminator yeah. is exactly the thought, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's your premise, but yeah, Mr. Bones, look him up. He's he's red. He's painted red. It's pretty wild um, that that exists. But he's in the Lego Star Wars game. They made a reference to him, so you can play as Mr. Bones. That's so there you go. And everyone's hell. favorite childhood game. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I wanted to, to ask y'all. Uh, I haven't seen Midsummer. Uh, I never saw it, but I wanted to pitch a a movie, even though I haven't seen Midsummer. Uh, having only you know, seen the trailer for Midsummer, I want one with a similar tonality about the Jedi Temple and about a you know child in the Jedi Temple whose master is evil as fuck, uh, you know, and it's mm -hmm. kind of their experience inside of this cult um, until they discover that that their master is truly horrific in whatever way that leads to. That is great. Yeah, I, I mean, child indoctrination is pretty terrifying to begin with, and yeah. uh, that's like that's like the low hanging fruit for the Jedi. They love that sort. Of they stuff. love it. They, they love are it. all about it. <laughs> like, um, and to have a, your children, the right, younger the, the better. Youth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm so excited to go to Jedi camp, and then slowly, like, oh, this is not what I expected. Ooh, or it's not the real Jedi camp. It's like a Ooh. force user who comes and abducts children, like. And oh like, my I'm god from the jedi council <laughs> like, now now adam i think <laughs> i think i think maybe we should save that or incorporate that idea into those uh those smuggled lightsabers that we've got hanging at the yeah. end of that drama that we're outlining right now yeah yeah Not i like that i like that idea because that that is i mean that's horror in to me is like that there's someone presenting as a Jedi who are just abducting children and then training an army of like, like Camille Nanjiani was evil. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. No, that's that's wild. Yeah, just like for whatever ends to have an army of trained children soldiers and just yeah, going around the galaxy. Ah, my academy. Your child is gifted. Like, oh my God, that's 
nuts. Yeah, there's that. There's the there's, yeah, children's soldiers. Like they don't even have to be force sensitive. He just has to convince the parents that, that they are that they're special, and then give them like a lightsaber, you know. And like I've got a trained army of. They may not be Jedi's, but they'll still slice you in half with a lightsaber. Yeah. The average the average frontier town stands no chance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. The child army rolls into town and just like children what is of the corn. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no adults allowed. The uh the last kind of general concept I have is just uh you know, and I feel like this is the lowest hanging fruit is master <laughs> and apprentice arrive on a planet master dies because there's something evil on the planet thus the apprentice is left alone um you know very like yep. uh what was that that will smith and his son movie that everybody hated so much after earth um, after earth yeah yeah, yeah. did either of y'all <laughs> see that no i didn't see after my friend uh, convinced me to watch it i was like are you seriously this is what we're doing this afternoon we're gonna watch this and he was like yes um and this was many <laughs> years ago but i was like yes. i love it i loved it <laughs> i thought it was great <laughs> it was really good but uh i have bad taste so you know no no and you also will smith will, will, will smith yeah. smash, smash someone he slaps someone so <laughs> yeah will slap i don't watch his movies anymore he will no, no, I don't watch any of this stuff, but um, I have a couple concepts to maybe pitch out then. Yes, um, please do. As I was getting ready and I was thinking of the tiny terrors, I was like, oh, I shared with you, um, Adam, yes. a short film called The Ewok Hunt. It's not good, but it takes <laughs> no, place on Endor. No, <laughs> Sorry, so if you made it. it's fine. It's, it to not, you. it's not poorly I'm, made, yeah. it's just stretched out. You know, it's 30 yeah. seconds turned into five minutes. Yeah, but it's the concept. It's like it's like oh, the Ewoks are getting them, but the whole planet kind of has a presence. It's like the planet, the moon itself is angry with the stormtroopers for being there. So it's not just the Ewoks. There's a little bit more going on, but it results in an Ewok jump scare, and everything's filmed like a found footage stormtrooper <laughs> helmet cam. Um, Fun. So I was like, okay, tiny terror Ewok. But then when I was getting ready, I'm looking at the Jawas. And the junk yeah, squadron patch. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? What if a droid that we like yes. is slightly malfunctioning, traversing the Tatooine desert, and they're just following him, trying to like pick parts off, and it's just a robot is the protagonist, and the Jawas are slowly trying to just wait for it, the moment you know to strike. I love it. I love the Jawas as the villains in our yeah our droids <laughs> Yeah, two, two little astromechs. <laughs> just... Just trying to get Oh through. man. <laughs> a BB eight a BB unit and an R2 unit and they're just trying their best. And maybe and... maybe like one of them is injured, like broken, mm -hmm. the other one's towing them around. <laughs> it's very they gotta sad. use solar power, so they have to charge up during the day, and that's when they're most vulnerable. Well, who knows? There's there's something to do though with the Jawas being this presence, the sand crawler always behind them, right? Like a slow chase. Star Wars has never done a slow chase, you know. No, I guess it has. Well, unless you count these last scooters, Jedi. the scooters in Book of Boba Fett. Was, well, no, and all of really the last slow. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's, it is, they're running it out is. of gas. We could go in front of them, but let's just stay back here. You know, Dunkirk in space. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the the point about tattooing is is good too, because I mean, the Jawas creeped me out. Uh, the or are we supposed to say sand people anymore? The Tuscan yeah, Raiders Tuscan creeped Raiders. me out. Right, like. Um, it was like the 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 world itself felt scary. I think it's a good 
I mean, I think we've gone to Tatooine a lot, but like, um, I think that as a like a template for where something can happen in like the vast desert of whatever, I think I think works really well too. I like the idea of the droids being, you know, going through this land and and having to deal with the Jawas as they're trying to pick them for parts. Yeah, as they're going across trying to reach whatever you know final destination they're going to and trying to literally get there intact. Yeah, yeah there's a what if where it's R2D2 and C3PO, but yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you could that, do that. Well, too. that's how you build the pitch, I think, most easily, and then you switch it, you know, for yep. <laughs> Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boba Fett and IG88. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That would I think Boba Fett's a natural fit for for horror vibes. Obviously, there was some of that in the book of Boba Fett. We didn't even talk about the Rancor in Return of the Jedi. Briefly um, mentioned, yeah. Rancor great. something. Yeah. Dathomir is another great planet for horror. Fallen Order has some good Dathomir stuff with like a crashed Jedi starfighter and a Jedi who went insane. And I think if I think if Star Wars, I think if they were actually going to put money into it, I think they would do something with Dathomir just because it's like it's got the mall connection. It's already built into a lot of the Clone Wars mythology. I mean, there's there's zombies, there's mysticism and magic that and like dark evil forces that go into it i i just feel like that would be the if they were going to spend an actual disney amount of money on something they'd be like we've already got most of this world fleshed out let's just do something terrifying on dathomir and people already know what it is too like you know the casual even like somewhat casual fans if it's fallen order if it's you know i'm a mall fan or clone wars fan like it's it's not too big of a leap for them to to say, hey, we're going to set something on Dathomir. You can do yeah. a quick Google search and be like, oh, Dathomir. As soon as you mentioned the Night Sisters earlier in the episode, BC, I was like, I had to update my notes because that is the best bet. Anything with Dathomir, it's like you could have the POV character again, not from there, and yeah. then they're exposed and being hunted for the ritual or whatever, and then we're learning about the culture and how they make zombies or Darth Mauls, you know, that kind of thing um savages etc and you get yeah. to learn the culture through that uh pov it's like very um almost texas chainsaw you know or resident evil 7 you know like the this crazy cult or you know this group with this wild belief system and then you're just they're trying to get you you know yeah that's yeah. excellent i think it's got that in common with with the with the womp and the hoth idea it's like if you put crash mm-hmm. land someone into this world there is a horror that lurks beneath them and it's going to unfold the farther they go, you know, from their initial landing point. You know, they're going to figure out more and more about it. I can, let me expand. This is Texas Chainsaw because they have one trained kind of savage mall style warrior that just does the bidding of the family and that's your heavy, but then the family itself, so to speak, the, the mother, the night sisters, they're the scariest thing because of the way the culture, like they're just, pointing the weapon that thing yeah. isn't even thinking like you know leatherface doesn't think what he does he just does what he's told right so it's you could do that same story you're and just yeah, in the wrong place at the wrong time instead of teenagers it's like jedi in an era of perfect peace you know it's like really soft jedi <laughs> like mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. Up, like on a... and then you bring your master and your apprentice there that's yeah, great yeah. yeah yeah who's gonna live wow it's fun to fun to pick which lightsaber color is gonna survive you know Mm-hmm. Man, I really do want a Dathomir horror thing. I think that's brilliant. 
it'd be it'd be super fun just to see Dathomir in live action. Uh, it would be it, very give cool. Give it to us, please. <laughs> and it builds out like why Darth Maul was so cool. Like it adds yeah. additive to that mythos in a in a way that's missing and severely lacking. Like you're saying. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody knows much about what what the the acolyte series is going to be yet. Yeah. But I I True. feel like that's got probably the most potential to to play on some of the horror tropes that that we've been discussing. It's like if if Andor is the, you know, the political thriller sort of spy thriller thing that they're doing, is acolyte going to lean into that genre heavy sort of like hey, we're dealing with the dark side. We're going to we're going to play on on genre heavily in terms of you know, horror vibes that we're going for with, with this Acolyte series. I hope so. Like, I really hope that's the case because I, I think the more that they can, you know, do, do genre in Star Wars and spin it out. I mean, I think it's one of the things that I like most about like Marvel movies, which I haven't spent a lot of time with recently, but at a certain point they're like, Hey, we can, this is a playground for us to do genre. We've got all of these amazing characters We've got a bunch of fantastic genres. Like, let's start using the, you know, the IP that Disney now has and play with these things in in this massive sandbox as opposed to being like, we're going to be so straight down the line with Star Wars. It's going to be, you know, right down the middle. It's like Andor was great because I was like, hey, this this isn't your typical Star Wars. Like, this is something else. It's like it was so fresh in terms of what we're used to in terms of Star Wars content. I think if Acolyte can do that, then then they're going to see like, oh, we can keep going in this direction. We don't have to like be, you know, such tight butthole about our next movie's got to be perfect or star wars is going to be dead forever it's like no you've got the biggest playground in the world like do all of it like some of it's going to be shit like book of boba fett and obi-wan kenobi two of the biggest characters they're like we'll just play it safe and they sucked like they weren't very good i mean there's enjoyable moments but it wasn't yeah. like quality stuff when yeah, you look right. at what they did with andor you're like oh this is the template for how we can do this the character forward. nobody cared about no, we like, it yeah, when when you when they did like, here's everything that's coming out. You're like Boba Fett, Obi Wan, Cassian Andor. Like, I don't, who cares? Uh, turns out yeah. it was the best thing they did out of all of them. So, hundred percent, because they leaned into the genre of it. You know, I think there's yeah. gonna be some horror in this. Uh, what's his face uh, and his group of children show coming out? Uh, oh yeah, God, what, what is this? Oh jeez, uh, what is this called? I. I, uh, I might not even know about this. The book of Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law <laughs> and his, the, his the, ship. the skeleton, skeleton, the bone crew, skeleton yeah. crew. Yeah, Jude Law and a bunch crew. of children on yeah. like uh, abandoned children on a spaceship or something. Anyway, maybe it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but um, could be. Yeah, I'll touch on the idea of genre that BC was saying though, because I was thinking our parents or like the older generation, right? Um. Like they grew up with Roy Rogers and stuff, and it was like Western. Western is just a thing, and we put everything in the Western. Yeah. You know, we'll do romance stories, we'll do crime stories, we'll do all this and that, morality tales. But it's like everything happens in Western, quote unquote, right? This yeah. is the setting of the West. Yes. And like we grew up with Star Wars, so now just you have a universe. Put everything in the setting in the universe of Star Wars, and we'll eat it up. Like that's just that's our 
the West, basically. Like, Mandalorian you know, yep. did a pretty good job of playing with that to a degree, and that and there is the there's spider there's the spider episode of Mandalorian that, that I, I, I that that to me did read as horrible because spider spooked me out and yeah like it like yeah. I do not like watching that episode just because it gives me the yeah that no, that is a, a one, give though. you the willies type episode for sure if yeah it's not straight horror it is in the yeah. willies yeah. zone. But yeah, I want to I want to see more of it. Um and I especially would love a Star Wars horror like feature film. Like more than yeah. I want a series, I would like a Yeah. just a one-off Star Wars horror movie would be awesome. That would be You have really to do satisfying. a movie. I I want the yeah. I want the power lifter versus alien queen scene, but just as well executed in the Star Wars version. <laughs> Whatever that oh, so a battle droid versus a rancor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big battle droid versus a rancor on Tatooine? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's definitely stuff Disney would never touch. Um, two pitches are uh, a regular Tuscan village that's saved a woman from the desert. Then here comes a guy on a motorcycle to kill them all. <laughs> also, order 66 you're just going to jedi school and all of a sudden here comes anakin um those are scary from that pov yeah not bad and i've definitely i think there's a graphic novel out there or a comic about stormtroopers and ewoks you know and the perspective of being terrified of the ewoks uh like that fan film um i think that exists out there somewhere there's an order six one order sixty six just with a troopers probably that works where it's like oh geez I'm like slightly inexperienced and now my troops have turned on me it's like a reverse Rambo like you have to survive while they're all oh, yeah. hunting you down yeah. yeah that could be cool it's hard to it's hard to make the a Jedi a protagonist in a horror though because they're so empowered yeah um, yeah. There's definitely needs to be a power imbalance between, yeah, the protagonist and the antagonist. In horror movies, you know, that's what makes it scary. So le- leaning out of that. But I, I like the master and the Padawan, but it's it's like, you know, like the young Padawan with their first field experience. And they do like, we crash landed on Dathomir. The master dies fairly quickly. And it's now I have a lightsaber. Or I have dead master some, yeah. some, yeah, mm-hmm. some knowledge of the force, but like I had is totally ill prepared to handle anything that they're thrown against because that's what that's what's going to make it interesting, right? Like, you're right, if it's if a Jedi, they're just OP like killing things in front of them. I mean, it's one of the things that we, you know, like about them when they go into the battle, they're super heroic, they'll jump into anything, they, they don't have fear. It's like, no, it, they should have a, seeing a Jedi with a healthy amount of fear in a situation is like. Oh, that might be why they would turn to the dark side. Like, if if it's like, oh, n- the fear that a young Jedi is experiencing, like, starts allowing them to use dark side powers that they had previously. Like, you haven't been able mm-hmm. to access any of this before, but because you are so afraid, like, all of a sudden, like, force lightning's coming out of your hand, and it's not grab Chewbacca out of the sky and pretend to kill him. Yeah. It's like, it's like an, it's like a genuinely like shocking reaction to a moment of fear where it's like, oh, I'm about to be killed. Force lightning comes out of my hands, and I've slaughtered like a hundred things in front of me. I think that would it's be a test. kind of a fun thing. To this is the midsummer test in the Jedi Temple movie, where they take the children <laughs> and they put them into a terrifying situation where their master's death is faked and they're alone. And the they're oh, like, man. "Remember, no fear. If you yeah, no if you fear. go to the dark side, you will be expelled from the order and maybe yeah. murdered." 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, by expelled, we mean murdered. Yeah, we, we just yeah, say that we're sending them home and nobody knows. But I, what's the most primal fear is the fear of the unknown. So just putting a character in a situation and we're, yeah, what, what, what is this corner of the universe and exploring that something that nobody has seen again, like a death mirror, we've seen it, but the unknown, that's, you know, where you, that's where you should go with Star Wars, you know, that or a hostile, you know, man versus nature, wampas. I think that's the most the the most utilitarian not to be long-winded but i think we're here dothamir that's the best way to use it because it ties in it makes the universe larger and it's the perfect setting i i don't think we're going to come up with a better idea than dothamir uh well spooky spooky you heard it here folks uh when that happens disney owes us money um but yep, that's that's a law that's a law <laughs> we're yeah in, any dothamir saber massacre this, uh before we move on uh trying to be a, a better timekeeper here in the new year um i i would I like one, i have one one note. thing i'd like to do after this but yeah yeah what's up mike no just the same fear of the unknown there is the um the what's the outer it's like the beyond known space right uh, That's yes like a, the the chiss uh i should have mentioned you know there's a, there's a bunch of crazy stuff in the expanded out there. universe where the you know the the Yuzong Vong or whatever come and and basically this all ties into you know the reason Thrawn is here is because there's a greater threat to the universe as a whole and so Thrawn is here to basically be an ally and learn from the Empire because the Empire might be needed to fight this greater threat and that's why he right. sides with the Empire is because they're the strongest you know force they have a military right um, so yeah an outside threat. For sure, like that's that's something good too. Yeah, there's a creature known as Aboleth, or do you guys know who that is? Aboleth, yeah, that's like a spooky lady who communes with the darkness and becomes like an evil demigod, almost like Lovecraftian, extremely powerful being. But that's like a whole other thing. But there is like the outer realms or whatever where there's spooky stuff lurking that we haven't even heard about. So you could invent something too, but I believe cosmic. they would want to build up the universe. But yeah, cosmic horror is out there. Well, that's, I think a little bit of that cosmic horror is part of what's happening in high Republic right now, uh, where people's souls are sucked out and they literally turn to dust or whatever by some, by something that's happening in the universe. So yeah, I think the reigning kind of, of force powers there. happens. Yeah. But I still think we're out here with Dathomir being the best bet so. yeah I'm, I'm down for i'm down to ride for a dathomir horror flick for sure um but mm-hmm. I, before you guys go uh because i'm gonna stick around after y'all are gone and continue talking to the fans sure yeah well you <laughs> usually do yeah but before do. we end the, the podcast i did want to ask you um kind of a classic question used to ask all the time Say you're in a Star Wars zombie apocalypse, all right? This is a scenario. There's hordes of of evil enemies um, in a horror situation. You got two weapons, and you got two pieces of pretty common Star Wars mm. tech. You can't be like, I also mm. have a Death Star or whatever. But you get two oh. weapons. Um, I'll go ahead and say I, I'm going to have a lightsaber. Uh you know? Lightsabers all around. Around the lightsabers for everybody? Uh, yes. It seems that like... That's the most logical choice. Even in yeah. a zombie outbreak, they say a katana. You know, any sword. You don't have to reload it. Even a machete is the yeah, best. I'd it has no hammer. ammo. I'd take a hammer in the real world, you like just, a big you just sledgehammer. Turn the lightsaber on and spin in a <laughs> yeah. circle. You're, you're going to hit something. 
You can put it on a rotating <laughs> stick that's automated and you sleep underneath it. It'll protect you all night. It's just spinning above yeah, you. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So, so definitely. I'm taking a lightsaber. I'm probably just going to take a DL44 blaster pistol too. I'm not going to take any chances um, there, but got to have, I, I want a rebreather. Um, I want one of those little, mm. I can swim underwater, no mm. problems. Uh -huh. um tempted to go for macro binoculars just because they're so uh they're so rad uh but what i actually want is um i want one of those cooking pots that cooks what seem to be the universal powder foods that make the little ant brew noise um, one because, quarter portions yeah yeah i want a portion <laughs> cooker yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. about sustenance no i definitely need that that's great uh vc what's your picks i gotta think um about yeah, let's so uh, lightsaber obviously uh, a, a standard blaster of any kind. I, I'm not going to be picky oh. about that. Um, you would you would go laser, not projectile weapon, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, because I I was thinking, you know, in a pinch it might be nice to have a thermal detonator, but that's a, you know, you, yeah. you use mm -hmm. it once and then it's done. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go blaster. Uh, for my range lightsaber when things get hairy and up close and i'm gonna, I'm gonna use the spin method uh as described previously to protect <laughs> myself um it might be kind of handy to have i don't i don't know if this falls under you know uh, uh, your death star category i think this is a little closer but like a mandalorian jetpack would be oh, nice yeah, so, you can, so you can oh. get a little airborne yeah right mm -hmm. so i can get off the ground um, obviously you can't fly forever, but you can, you can get yourself out of enough danger, move over to, to a little bit more safety. And I, yeah. I do like the little breathy too. So yeah, you can yeah. go air and you can go, you can go see. I think the Gungans are pretty safe against the zombie invasion. I bet that's a pretty safe place to go. Yeah. Could be. Except can mash. fish just swim through those energy shields too? They just choose not to. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. I don't know, but could be. Yeah, the rebreather is a good pick. So are the, I mean, binoculars and jetpack are good because you can at least scan the horizon or get a vantage or get the heck out of there. It's a good escape. But definitely, I think I have to agree, blaster, lightsaber, right? But alternatively, you could have just an, an Ewok bow and arrow because I don't know how long charge lasts for blasters. Yeah, Do you have to recharge them? The energy cells degrade over time. Yeah, so having something that you could fashion your own projectiles for might be useful. So mm -hmm. I'll go with an analog bow and arrow just because it has you know infinite ammo potential, depending on how long this is going to last. And lightsaber should be fine as long as I put it on the yeah. ceiling fan. Now, yeah. lightsabers <laughs> in, in Chatterpoint do have a charge. Um, so I, I don't know if that's still canon or not, but they do eventually run out of charge. It takes a long, long time. Right. I would still pick a lightsaber but yeah. uh tech though to not repeat rebreather is great <sighs> and i'm not allowed uh, to have a speeder have that's a, too big you could have a probe droid you know out surveying um, um and by that i mean yeah. a droid that can't talk to you right it's got to be very simple maybe one of those darth maul balls <laughs> give me either the one that hangs out with uh jedi fallen order or that little one wheel guy from rise of star war I think he can hang out. With <laughs> yeah, Dio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dio. Like a, you know, a little guy. I'd like a little companion. Can, yeah, lonely. some friendship. That's, yeah, see, yeah. That, that's an angle most that's people good. don't think about because yeah. it, it is going to be a lonely surviving. You need to have someone you can, you know, have a chat with. You know. Yeah. Responds. Beeping. Responds. Kiss yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Cuddle yeah. up with at you night. Know? Big spoon, little spoon, whatever. They could stay up and alert you when there's danger too. Yeah. It's useful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want a little buddy. Yeah. I think that's the best thing. Give me, give me a rebreather and a little buddy, I guess. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, I think we're all surviving the, the star Wars zombie apocalypse. Um, but that's, that's kind of it as far as we've got in the cargo bay for a store, star Wars horror this time. Um, I don't know, BC, am I missing anything uh, before we do plugs and get out of here? I think we've covered literally everything. Awesome. As we usually do here in the Carter Bay. Uh, (laughs) We we never leave anything on the table. We (laughs) nail it every time. Uh, Can you you tell us where to find normies like us, Mike, and uh, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out at normieslikeus.com or on um, Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcast, Google Play Store, or we do have our video episodes up on YouTube. Uh, audio goes up first, video goes up second, so pick your poison. And we'll be rolling into uh, more Star Trek coverage this coming week. We're going to be doing Generations. We've finished all of nice. the uh, original era movies, and we're passing the torch to Jean-Luc. We're going to make Ooh, it so. but Exciting. Uh, yeah, staying in space. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for for having me on, guys. This is yeah, been awesome. thanks for being here. Um, yeah. And we'll definitely have you back on sometime if you'll permit it. Uh, guys, check out Normies Like Us. You can listen to our prison arc and or episode, uh, which has Jacob from Normies Like Us. Um, maybe a little bit of a tease here. Colin will be coming on soon to talk about the Star Wars audio dramas. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great stuff over at Normies Like Us. We did. We, we forgot to plug during holiday season. We all did the holiday special. Speaking of the horror of Star Wars, truly one of the most <laughs> horrific things <laughs> we've ever been through. And we did it together. We're, we're bonded now for life. We did do that. It, it is probably the most horrific thing, just in terms of lack of planning and preparation that went into it uh, truly astonishing yeah yeah I, I would love to see from that episode <laughs> i would love to see the the like rated r horror version of the star wars holiday special um oh, although man. it would what? probably be rated r for reasons <laughs> other than gore and viscera <laughs> No, but use the costume of freaking grandpa, man. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even lumpy. I may just, just make throw it. some more close ups of that in there. It's like, all right, I'm terrified. Wait, yeah, is yeah. grandpa itchy or is he scratchy or is itchy. he lumpy? Lumpy is the kid. Lumpy's the child, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I might itchy. make itchy the uh itchy and the scratchy. cover of this. <laughs> done it in the in the eleventh hour. Oh man. Itchy's made it. One of the scariest things in all of Star Wars, yes. Uh, I, I mean, you wouldn't have to alter that costume to have no have a hit on. It probably looks hands. even better now. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. Probably too appropriate. Um, yeah, have you seen those like degraded teenage mutant ninja turtle costumes that are <laughs> oh, all there? Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, this is this. Absolutely. We stumbled on the final and best idea, which is that we do a horror movie that is just old Star Wars props <laughs> degrading coming to life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, five nights at five nights in Tatooine. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yeah, and uh, you know the Yoda, the, the the Yoda puppet is apparently off. They reconstructed that a little bit for Episode Eight, right? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they did. Um, Monster repaired. Monster Palooza in Pasadena, Pasadena had that repaired one on display. You had to be very far away from it, but oh, I was wow. able to see the that one, and it was like, oh wow! And even the sculpts of like the Anyway, neither here nor there, but that was a spooky monster palooza, and Yoda was there, so count it, yeah. Yeah, I count it. 
Um, anyway, it's been fun talking Star Wars horror, everybody. Uh, please come back and listen to us again. Thanks for listening to this episode. Um, I guess until next time, uh, bye forever. Go snoke yourselves. <laughs>